Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Merkel Media. Down the castle hall he came, roaring, Fee, fi, fo, fum. It's 40 feet tall, I told you. It's big, man, it's coming, man. Hey, don't worry, though, man, I got plenty of artillery, man. Hey, catch this. Welcome to another episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris, Joel Thomas. Today, obviously, I think everybody knows what we're going to get into. We have our residential Nephilim expert with us, as always. And we're going to dive deep, deep into the abyss of modern giants. What is up, y'all? Let's get everything out in the front. You know, you can go to Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram, Ventessa Music on Instagram, Sean Chris Music on Instagram, or just go to KillTheMockingbirds.com and listen to the podcast straight from there. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Joel Thomas. Make sure right now, while you're listening, before you even get into the episode, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, whatever you're streaming it from. Give us a five stars. If you're on Apple, give us a five-star review. If you're on Spotify, you can review each individual episode. And we do nice, funny, hilarious polls every week that you can be a part of. We're going to read one of the Apple ones this week. It's from Metalcore Morticia. Keeping Nephilim butt cheeks tight. Already loving it. Love Sean and Joel and all the new content they're coming out with. If you didn't know, before I read the rest of this, we got two new shows. Every Monday is Ginger Snaps with myself 
And then Sean's got a show every Wednesday called Conspiracy Gangster. It's extra content, y'all. New shows for y'all to listen to while you're waiting for Thursday to get around. You know, something nice for your lunch break or on your drive to work or on the way home from work or whatever. I'm going to get back to Metalcore Morticia here. Slightly disappointed Joel didn't mention Nephilim meat suits in episode 146 when talking about the lab-created human. But I forgave him because he went in on that baseball player. Keep up the great work, guys. Love you too, Metalcore Morticia. And guys, look, it's as simple as that. You give us a five-star review, we're literally going to read it here on air. It's going to—it's inevitable. It's an inevitable as me bringing up Nephilim on every episode. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> no I, I i think so man and uh we, we what i wanted to talk about we wanted to get a little stuff out of the way i think that what we see a lot and I, again like i don't think everybody that's on our instagram or telegrams or some of the stuff that we're on listen to the podcast like you can or if they do it's super baffling because they should know most of our stances if you listen to the podcast right. we're pretty neutral and a lot of the times and this is probably, we're probably speaking into the air because I'm pretty sure some of the people don't even really listen to us. But a lot of times when you or I post a reel or something, we only got 90 seconds to explain like the weird phenomenons that happen around the world or what we're interested in or what we think about because we know how the algorithms work and you put too much content and people don't always pay attention to it. And sometimes we have longer form stuff, but you don't have enough time or nobody has enough time to explain it all. Plus, if you're listening to the reels, it's usually, especially Joel, I mean, I've been listening to Joel's reels for a long time. They're posing questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, is this this? Like, you should know by listening to the podcast that we may not, like, be on board with Flat Earth, but we go, hey, there may be possibilities of anything. And I think that people need to, like, loosen those cheeks, bro. And this really, like, pay attention and listen to the whole video. Like, if someone's just suggesting, and I know when we talk about religious stuff, I know, like, certain topics are very hot topics because it's, like, close to home for people. But sometimes yeah. it's just like, man, we're just theorizing and pointing out weird things. Yeah, I, I think, too, and to bring up your point there, it is baffling if it's people that listen to the podcast and then they comment on a post saying that they listen to the podcast and then they're mad at a post. I'm like, clearly, you're not listening to the podcast because we're all over the place. Like, we're, we do exactly what we say. News, paranormal conspiracies. We're tying it all together from government to paranormal to Nephilim to reptilians. All the crazy stuff, we know that it ties together somehow. We don't have all the answers, and we're going to pose questions. You know, I just did that reel about MSG. The uh, the new Oculus eyeball. Well, they put an eye on it, but it's like a it's a it's a giant uh, stadium in Vegas, and it's literally covered with all of these LED lights, and they can project whatever they want through those. And I did a video talking about how that there's a lot of occultic aspects to it, and there were people that listen to podcasts got super mad. One guy was like, I don't even know if I'm listening to podcasts anymore. And I'm like, well, that's good because we don't want you here. Because if you are looking at a giant Oculus shaped stadium and they're literally projecting a giant eye on it, that's occultic through and through. 
And to even say, you know, some people like, cause you know, U2 is going to be there to, for the yeah. inaugural and U2 has all the ties to the Obamas, all the ties to the Clintons, all the occultic hand symbols and gestures. Clearly you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world. If you can't see just a little bit of it. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily true. I'm just saying it's, it's fucking odd. Like it doesn't, it doesn't look right. And there's gotta be something weird around it. I don't know exactly what it is, but when I'm posing a question, I'm not saying this is it. I'm just posing the question. I think that's what's really messed up in the truther community is there's no, there's no allowing to pose ideologies or ideas that are outside of the sphere of what's acceptable. And, and I think it's, it's hold true even in the truther community, man. These people want you to stay within a certain confined box. And I thought we were in the space that we weren't supposed to do that. We we're supposed to be able to challenge ideas and challenge thought processes, but people don't want to go down that road. Listen, if it's the normie that's not accepting this stuff, like we get a lot of that on Instagram, somebody that doesn't follow us, somebody that's an absolute normie doesn't even know about any of this stuff. I get it. Like that part I get when they're all like, you think everything's satanic? Like, that's cool. Like, I have no problem with that. It's the people that say they follow us. And then they get mad. And I'm like, dude, you listen to the podcast, right? You just said you did. We do way worse here. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that people just got to like separate that shit. Cause like maybe they like us for something we talk about, but you don't have to agree with us on everything. That's the whole yeah. point. Like it's not, and, and it's not if we, mean, you don't always agree. We're not going to be like, oh yeah, it's definitely this. I always just think it's good to pose questions. Cause who knows? Like, and we throw it out on the ether. We could be totally wrong, but like, I just don't get the, 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 backlash sometimes of like not a lot of backlash but you know what i'm saying people get upset and it's like yeah i get it like i'm not like i don't i don't necessarily i just thought it looked weird you know what i'm saying i thought it looked weird yeah. and, and it was interesting and then it's just like hey this could be that that's how i look at it as i guess i just look at it different some people kind of see it as like being like it has to be these answers or like and i yeah. get it people are kind of sick too i think of like hearing the end like oh man i guess the world's ending again you know oh i guess another weird thing but i guess I look at everything totally different. I'm like enjoying my time with my family, my friends. And I just think it's interesting and odd and may have something to connect with something else. It yeah. seems like it. It's like a huge endeavor. And like, even uh, the dude that was um, invested in it uh, was a big donor to Trump. And I'm not saying totally. a donor means that they're like, you know, uh, all ends all, but I'm just saying there's some, some weird connections. Yeah. And he owns the Knicks, man. It's yeah. just some weird connections and you should be able to point them out. And I think that if what we could get more of is like, hey, uh, you kind of lost me on this one, but like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? You could say stuff like that. But when you get so right. upset, that's where I'm like, like, I, I understand when people are like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling this one. Yeah, that's cool. Or constructive criticism. But when people get so upset, but that comes from challenging their ideas that are rooted into their beliefs. Yeah. Like when you if you talk about like religion, like Islam, oh, yeah. Christianity, um, yeah, any of those, those are like hot hot buttons right there, man. We talk about yeah. that, but usually it's dope. We get a lot of support, but I just think that it's good to like just explain sometimes like we're pretty open about like how we feel about things. To me, I don't really care. You could talk shit as much as you want. Like, I think it's hilarious. The only thing that I would love to do is just like talk shit back because I'm a shit talker, but then I know it's not going to yeah. go anywhere. It's just going to be reported and then the page is gone. <laughs> so like I just kind of hold myself back because it doesn't bother to get under my skin I just want people to understand what we're trying to do because maybe it's not clear when we're showing yeah. a reel, you know? Like, now it's kind of more transparent. Like, look, man, we're not the end-all, ends-all. We don't know. 
We're just right. posing questions and putting ideas out there to open up conversations about stuff that we think no one's talking about or right. we think they should start talking about. And people did start talking about it after that. So it was kind of good and bad. But I think some people follow us for different reasons. I think you got to understand, like you said, it's news, paranormal, conspiracy for a reason, man. Like we're going to yeah. talk about all of it. We get a lot of the uh, geopolitical crowd that really loves when we're railing against the system. But then as soon as we start talking about reptilians or we start talking about Nephilim or whatever, then they get super angry. And they're like, you're a psyop, dude. You're yeah. trying to bring us down the wrong path, man. You're shooting. You and vice versa. Off the, you know, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, oh, yeah like paranormal sure. people are like, oh, it's not paranormal enough for us. You guys talking about out of this. You're trying to like, everybody Don't always thinks. It. that. Yeah, and that's our belief. Like, that's what we think. And that's like the whole what we're trying to do on each show, we that's why everything's, you know, we pull a thread and it starts unweaving. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to unweave some threads of something that I think is interesting. And I know for sure Joel finds it interesting. It's like probably one of his favorite topics. Ho, ho, ho. Green giants. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get some of that. Oh, classic. The good giants. And I know we always talk about like Nephilim and ancient, you know, like Earth, which is cool too, but I thought it would be cool. And you thought it'd be cool to like kind of start talking about more modern things that like were in the last hundred years, last 20 years, last 30 years, like things that are relevant. And these giants that there's more and more proof that of the existence of giants and just looking through history, like I pulled up this uh, uh, website and it's like the top 10 tallest people like, you you know, you're looking at like a two, a three. I think the tallest one is 811, which that's pretty damn tall. Yeah, man, that's that's tall. And if it's from those bloodlines and you know how like over time, like if you have certain characteristics, sometimes it skips right. a generation or it kind of like dilutes. You're not as much. You maybe you get taller or bigger. But I find it pretty interesting that they're from all over. And like we've talked before with um like uh Gary Wayne. Remember we we're talking about like, hey, well, is there only these redheaded uh, uh, giants that we speak about? And he was like, oh, actually. And then when you look in the lure of Native Americans or natives anywhere, like any indigenous people, they all have giant lure. Yeah, man. And just to that point, we were talking about modern giants in the eight foot to almost nine foot range. I mean, we hear about Nephilim giants being seven feet, seven and a half. But I think the difference when we're talking about these modern giants, or I wouldn't say modern giants, but the giants that you're talking about, the tallest people, right? They could definitely be from these bloodlines or have some sort of strain there for sure. The issue is they've got that three to one that I always talk about, whereas like those seven foot giants were that two to one. So their dexterity was ridiculous. So like they might be seven feet but their width was that two to one. So they were super thick. You know what I mean? Whereas these guys that we normally see in that eight foot range are super lanky and like tall, lanky. You yeah, don't like see them like Durant. It's like a Durant. Well, that's Durant. what I'm thinking. Uh, if it's like just becoming more, um, not, not thinned out, but you know what I mean? Like it's diluted because if you look at like a Shaquille O'Neal or an old school Sabonis or like, you know what I mean? They were yeah. wider and taller. But yeah. now we're getting to where people are getting really tall but lengthy. Like, there's not a lot of tall, I mean, at least in sports, professional sports that we're seeing. I'm sure there right. is. But, I mean, that whole I'm super tall and super wide and, like, big. Like, Shaq was a monster because he was not only pretty tall, which also 
Mind you, that a lot of these people lie in the sports. Like, I think they yeah. do that intentionally. They're saying they're like 7'2", seven, 7'1". Seven, they're really like 6'10", 6'11". Like, I remember for years they were talking about uh, Undertaker at 6'10", 6'11". He's only like 6'9", six, 6'6", six, which is still tall. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just right. they kind of like – and for sports-wise, it's to intimidate people. But to your point, yeah, only I think like one of the Giants, like if you, the guy that was like 8'11", he was pretty wide. I forgot his name. Yeah. He was like, and that really kind of is more like the Giants you're talking about. And when you look through, like, some of the film, like, there's some film from people in, like, uh, like uh, the Netherlands area. And there's also some film in, like, Japan where these Giants, like, whether it's doctor, like, I don't know if it's, like, some kind of editing, some kind of special effects. It's kind of weird because these are old, old footage, like, right. 40s, like, maybe 30s. I'm not sure exactly when it comes out. And these things are huge. Like, where the yeah. arm is probably... I don't know, <laughs> the arms as big as like like 10 feet and like fat. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. they're huge. They're giant. Like, I, know which, I know which videos you're talking about too. Now, I will say <laughs> when I was looking at some of the comments or exposition on some of the videos, some people were like, yeah, though, this was a movie that came out around this time. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't have special effects like that, bro. Like that wasn't, that's a nice thought. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I get what you're saying, like, but special effects weren't that way, and this wasn't a movie. Like some of these weren't movies; they were just like uh, well, they, a lot of them look like military. Um, going um, on like this person uh, was being drills, showcased. not just drills, but you know, like when they put their military out, uh, their military guard out to kind of like flex on yeah. the world. That's what it seemed like to me, man. And they're like, "Hey, we got one of these guys. Just watch out!" Like you know what I mean? If you come, if you mm. want to, like you know, it reminded me of like when you see North Korea parading a nuke out there. Like, hey, we got a giant, bro. Like, come if you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, man. I, I was definitely um very uh blown away with some of the video footage I saw too, man. And it kind of ties into our first, you know, delve into the modern giants is the giant of Kandahar. And if you want to, we can go ahead and play the first clip from L.A. Marzulli because he was a huge part of when this Giant of Kandahar thing mm -hmm. came out, him and Steve Quayle. So they were real big about pushing this Giant of Kandahar whole thing. And I know some of the listeners probably have already heard this, but for the ones that haven't, like we definitely want to go into this Giant of Kandahar because it's super interesting. And a good and refresher, you know what I mean? Like I think it's good to refresh on the end. Right. Plus to give props to L.A. because what he did too is they were very, very thorough, bro. They didn't just like go, oh, man, we're just going to take this guy's word for it. Like, they were, they vetted these guys. They found multiple witnesses, that one that was not there but heard around the time and, and, and heard them speaking about it, like, from other platoons. And then you hear um, one that was actually there and, and seen the shots. Yeah, man. Um, it was pretty crazy, the whole thing that went down, because... Mr. K was the guy that came out uh, to talk about this whole situation. Uh, he's a military contractor, and he said he was present when the slaughter of the Kandahar giant went down. Uh, and if you want to, man, we can play that first clip from L.A. You were in Afghanistan in 2002, and you were called into a very remote section of Afghanistan because a patrol... Um, had basically gone missing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, no we just ran around nothing for miles. Right. So we very remote. Yeah, very remote. So we flew in. For about four clicks, kilometers. We're hiking through the same area where they were supposed to make 
one of their checkpoints, you know, one of their rally points. And before we'd left, there was all kinds of what happened with the ambush. That was even odd because at point of ambush, you'd call for maybe close air support, something, okay? There was no calls made, just off the, off the bridge. So we're coming down a, a mountainside, and it was a nice, nice path, road path. As we bent around this corner, you could see this opening of the cave. There's a cave as we're coming around. And then I see there's a lot of rocks, which is another oddity, and then bone matter. When I'm not close enough to identify what kind of bones, but I did see something I knew was a piece of our communications equipment. So instantly, we're thinking ambush, maybe animal, you know, could be anything. And there was enough room in front of this cave, but it had a sheer drop-off. But there was enough room that we actually got into a decent dispersal in case of ambush. You see something coming out of the cave, and it's moving with a speed and agility that catches you off guard. Everybody. Everybody. And he comes out. It was a man at least 12 to 15 feet in height. This is a monster, red beard, and his hair was longish, past the shoulder, a scarlet red. Scarlet red, man. Good old gingers everywhere, man. They're <laughs> the ginger giants come back to haunt us. But I know it was hard to hear a lot of that clip because his voice is like, because they're disguising his voice and then all the after effects. I would suggest to really go, if you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. But what he was talking about was there was a missing platoon, a special forces platoon that they were looking for. They go to see them. He sees bones everywhere, blood everywhere. And then he sees some of their devices like, hey, man, that's our equipment. You know what I mean? Why is it just sitting around there? And when they approach this cave, this giant, which it, everybody says between 12 and 15 feet, obviously they wouldn't know because they were not privy to being there when they measured and seen how much he actually weighed. I mean, uh, actually how, how, how tall he was. And this red-haired giant came out and they were saying savage-like, smelled like a skunk, kind of like the Bigfoot thing, like smelled like, you know, the most awful stench you've ever smelled. And like, and to your point earlier, not just... 12 feet to 15 feet tall. But when they finally did uh, kill this giant and they airlifted it, they said that it, they, they roughly got around because they minus the equipment that they use and all that because uh, an 1,100 pounds, bro. That's huge. 1,100 pounds is huge, man. What, what is a bear? Like, that's like a moose, right? A moose is 1,100 pounds. Yeah, man. This thing was massive. And the telltale or the Nephilim telltale to it, six fingers, two, two rows of teeth. Um, again, the red hair, you know, that's that, those are really hardcore telltale signs. Uh, it was wearing leather moccasins. It actually killed one of the soldiers with a spear, just came out and speared him through the chest and killed him immediately. And the only way they could bring it down is they went 30 seconds with, sustained gunfire and we're talking like automatic weapons that they are unloading for 30 seconds straight in the head yeah you're talking about like this and it goes on but like straight to the head like because that's the only way like the chest and all that they they were even talking about after 
you know, because some of the people, one of the other witnesses that talks about it, he's was not there. He came. That was this was in 2002. He was there at 2005, and he talks about where he's like, yeah, I wasn't there, but you heard all these people talking about like a real tall. So they're like, ah, tall guy. I don't know. And the more he heard about it, it was like, wow, man, this was this is huge, man. Like, what what what's really going on? And the lure spread around, and the six fingers, like you said, the even the six toes, the extra digits, that was huge. And for these guys to be so worried, I know the military strict, and but once you're out, right, you're supposed to be out. Their faces are blurred. Their their voices, and I know people are like, oh well, I'm this show, but man, this obviously to me is like one of the best documented kind of you know what i mean like where we like you know i know this stuff is documented as far as ancient books but i mean like such some modern documentary like there was some video like you could kind of find it on some certain probably like on rumble or bitch you because they're all gone from youtube you can't find those but there is a little bit of video i don't know if you've seen that uh no i actually haven't seen the video uh i will say though that it can't be true though man i I'll be honest with you. The more I looked into it, there's no way it's true. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Snopes reached out to the Department of Defense. And they asked them about the Kandahar giant incident. And the Department of Defense told them no. There's no such thing as giants. Relax. Yeah, Snopes did this in 2016, man. We just got to let this thing die. Like, Snopes knows more than anybody. Matter of fact, according to Snopes, self-proclaimed supernaturalist L.A. Marzulli told several right-wing websites that the United States government was covering up this spectacular story and that those in the power had a vested interest in keeping the truth of biblical prophecies from being <laughs> exposed to the general public. Oh, those dirty, dirty right-wingers, those, those fanatics, you know, they're trying to, trying to say that the government's trying to cover things up when they're not. So no, guys, relax. Snopes is on the case. And they, you can they trust cracked them. it. They cracked it wide open. Which is always so funny that now everybody's a right winger if you're in conspiracies because before Trump, that wasn't a thing, man. Like right wing was like, oh, they're lockstep with the with the government. Oh, we're going to war. Yep, we're going right. to war. Like it's just so weird how that flipped on us. And the one thing I will say is, to me, that gives it a little bit more credibility. And I know he's not as tall, right? Like. But he's like only six feet. But that uh, Iranian Hulk guy, right? That to me is yeah. just imagine him taller, though. That's what I imagine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure, man. And I think when you start looking at, you know, certain groups of people, and we'll talk about that as we go throughout this, of course, but there's certain groups of people, man, who's, you know, height to width ratio is pretty crazy. And when you think about it, they're just kind of smaller versions or maybe of the bloodline of some of these giants. They might not be as tall, but they're in this like really, uh, you know, their their proportionate is crazy, that two to one. And I think you see that a lot with some some of these athletes um, in mm-hmm. certain sports, right? Rugby, football, even professional wrestling, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're going to see that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. but. I agree with you. Yeah, they look, they're probably like miniature versions of what these giants were. And I do think, man, there are a lot of people that have some sort of Nephilim DNA in them. It's just inevitable, man. If you're talking about from a long time ago to now, 
Um, it just is now like how, how diluted is your blood with this Nephilim bloodline? And that's the thing you got to like question, especially when you're talking about these elites. I think they're, they're probably more in tune with their bloodline than anyone else. Right. You know, but you know, a lot of these elites, man, are having massive orgies throughout history and having mm-hmm. all kind of uh, bastard kids that they didn't even know about that are spreading this blood all over the place, man. So you've definitely got uh, people that have these uh, bloodlines. And I think, too, when you start looking at some of these people, just the average person that has some sort of connection to the psychic world or some sort of connection to the spiritual world that's different than everyone else, um, I don't think it's necessarily always evil, right? Everybody goes straight to that. And yeah, there's some demonic influences sometimes, but I think sometimes that people just have that intuitive nature about them and maybe it comes from a certain bloodline uh we don't know right you know because gary wayne talks about the uh the uh ishtar bloodline and how that affects this these fairy bloodlines and how people were able to communicate you know what i mean so you got a lot of things that go on that you might not be the height and dexterity of some giant but you may have some strain uh that goes all the way back oh for sure like i think that's provable as well because even like people like uh the mountain from the game of thrones he's six foot nine 335 pounds so just imagine yeah if you double that that's about 12 13 feet 700 pounds if you go further and make that to 15 feet it's plausible to be eight to nine hundred to a thousand pounds it's it's not unrealistic and you could see it even in the animal world you know uh, I know gorillas aren't as tall, but like we all was saying earlier, moose. Moose are giant. Like they're huge animals. If you've ever right. go, if you haven't seen a moose, go look up a, a video of moose by a car, and you'll be like, "Wow, those things are way bigger than I thought." I think there's just more evidence no, for sure man. that points that we do actually have the cap- the possibility of giants being around, and maybe even being taller than fifteen. Uh, uh, maybe to 20 feet or 18 feet, depending on like the range for sure. 12 to 15 to me is not even, and even to 20 is not even out of the realm of possibility because we see human beings today that maybe they're not as tall, but it's not that far of a leap. You know what I mean? Someone that's nine feet tall. Cause I think what happens too is when these bloodlines are kind of diluted, you get like a Kevin Durant or, uh, these tall, lengthy type of people, and they have more problems, right? Like my knee problems because they're not as built to have that frame. And like Andre the Giant, that's another guy. Like that, that's a, another great example. Like he was huge. Like just if you see his hand with the beer can, that right there tells you he was way uh, a, a big show. These are giant men. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? It's not out right. of the realm of possibility to just go a little bit more and be a little bit taller and a little bit wider. Yeah, man. Just look at LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, his like height to width ratio, man, is pretty on point with what you would consider uh, a Nephilim to be, at least at his height. And look, man, LeBron has suffered really no injuries. He had that one year where he had it for like a month or two, but really that guy's been going hard for like 20-plus years. And, you know, LeBron seemingly came out of nowhere. There's a lot of weird stuff there, man. I mean, he was throwing up a lot of Illuminati stuff mm-hmm. in high school. You know, he was tight with Jay-Z before he even got out of high school. You look at some of these athletes that, boom, they're in the spotlight right out the gate. 
and they are superb athletes. And I wonder if some of these guys aren't what we talk about, how the elites will sire children on purpose with these prostitutes or these breeding facilities, and they take these kids and move them to a family or a single mom or something and say, hey, listen, this is going to be the story. This is what we're going to do with this kid because they've got a certain bloodline. And you know for a fact with genetic modification too, whatever else they may be doing with some of these kids, and then boom, here's a stellar athlete we can build around, and they're of the bloodline, so they're going to do whatever we want too. So they'll they'll be in the limelight to control people the way that we want them to. And they're all on board because they've been manufactured as a child to be this. So you get a lot of that too, man. And I think when we think about modern giants, we forget about the bloodline aspect of it. And I think that's a huge piece of it. Yeah, it's definitely part of what the possibilities could be. And we don't know what the old earth looked like, right? And the remnants of what was left over because people procreate or these creatures. Because I'm starting to think too, like when I'm starting to think of Nephilim, I'm like, everybody, I don't know if they're as, as intelligent. Like, I think like what happens is like, you know, a lot of lure and a lot of like conspiracies and things like that get mashed together. So, that just all fits one and everybody's like, oh, the Nephilim were so smart. And I feel like a lot of people, and we've kind of talked about like the Anunnaki and the Nephilim. And I think that that's a real problem is that people think the fallen are the Nephilim and not understanding, in my opinion, and this is just how I'm interpreting, you know, how I'm seeing it is that, yeah, I agree to the points of where it's like, no, the fallen created this Nephilim. So I'm to, I believe that there's like, we've talked about on Gary Wayne and people have talked about like, there's not only different variety of height and, uh, things of that nature, but also intelligence. Some of these pro some of these giants are probably dumb as rocks. They're not all super intelligent, like, you know, like, oh, I'm smarter than you. And sometimes the ones that are dumb as rocks live and the smart ones die. And I think some of that, we're seeing remnants of that. And I also have this, I don't think it's something I'm still kind of thinking about and working on in my head, but a lot of like, especially the, uh, the Kandar giant, like, where it kind of reminds me of the smell so much. It's like, is Bigfoot really like one of these Nephilims? Like we've said before, like it just sounds so familiar. And like, you know how there's some humans that have more hair than other humans. So what if it's just this different evolved of the Nephilim that went this different way and kind of evolved to have more hair. And we only seen still not too great pictures of Bigfoot. I just feel like Nephilim, it just, Opens that door more for me with the the possibility. I'm not saying all Bigfoot, but I'm saying that there's a possibility of some of these Bigfoot being Nephilim. No, I completely agree with that part of it, man. I think the intelligent factor comes into play because there's been so many giants in history, like ancient history, obviously, that were running these countries and running, you know, pre-flood. You know, you got a lot of these giants that were we're talking like early bloodline giants that were in this category. One thing you got to understand too about these Nephilim, they learn from their fathers. They were hanging out with their fathers a lot too. So if you're talking about fallen angels or angels in general, I mean, they've been around God. They understand like DNA manipulation. They understand mechanics of things that we don't um, in a spiritual realm, right? So when their children are there, they're teaching, they got hands-on, you know, it's like with your kid, right? We got hands-on, if you're, well, if you're a good dad or a good parent, then yeah. you're going to have hands-on training with your kid, right? You're going to teach them things. So that's what these fallen did. They did. They put them in 
they put them in positions to be successful, right? So yeah, they were intelligent, but it also was probably hard work too. And they were probably put through the gauntlet to get to these levels of where they were. And again, to your point, we just hear about those. We don't hear about maybe some of the other ones that weren't as smart or dude, we've heard about tribes of giants. And I'm gonna get into it later where they weren't necessarily like the smartest, right? They were just brute force, just basically animalistic it was almost like a borderline that like hey i'm not quite human quite animal like but i'm just in this like animal mode right so you got that going on as well and i think maybe you get some of that with bigfoot too because bigfoot borderlines that as well so i do think it's interchangeable when it comes to bigfoot and nephilim on some in some cases for sure uh and i do think there's there's a weird correlation with bigfoot i just think like you bigfoot has been around for a long time and we don't know exactly how they started and we don't know what versions of them were created afterwards too. Cause you're, you're a big proponent of the government copying and cloning these cryptids, which I am too. So you got that going on as well, right? Yeah, so for sure. You got a sure. myriad of different things that could be going on with Bigfoot, but do I think that there's some sort of connection with them and Nephilim at least a tribe or two or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Like it has to be right. Why wouldn't they tinker with that too? What if they took Bigfoot, which sake was created by God and they tinkered with Bigfoot and made their like own offshoot of it. We don't know. We don't know how that operates. Cause we do know that fallen angels, not only had sex with humans, but animals too. And that's where a lot of these chimera and ancient past and Greek culture and all that stuff came from as well. Yeah. And I, the reason why I was saying about the, not intelligent enough and stuff like that is because I'm thinking of it coming from the angle of, and plus some of these giant lures that we're talking about, they were intelligent. Those could have actually been the fallen, right? Or being controlled by the fallen. The only reason I say that is because you can't create what God creates, right? And so I just feel like it's almost like uh, uh, getting a good product and going to the Dollar Tree and comparing it, right? Like, yeah, you might get a couple of ones that are right. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, the Windex works good. Like, you know what I mean? Like the car. And I'm not saying... I just feel like there are these vehicles. And again, this is just me just having my own opinion on it because I don't fully know because we don't. None of us do. Like, we didn't talk to a giant. There, I'm sure there was aspects of smart ones or maybe even the first ones were smart. And then, you know, how bloodlines get crossed too much. And then, like, uh, they do say that, you know, inbreeds do, you know, cause some kind of mental retardation. The truth of that, I don't know. We're going to have to take science on their word on that. But definitely there is signs of, like, there was a lot of kings and rulers uh, you see statues over the years of giant statues, and and these are supposed to be lifelike, you know, not like I'm not talking about like a giant one you see in like Egypt. I'm talking about there's a man standing next to him in a statue, and then the giant guy who's like 10 feet or 15 feet tall, and again wide. I think that's like the aspect of it, and there could be all kinds of little experiments, you know, when we talk about homunculus and things like that. I'm sure that. The first time you're having a couple Nephilim or like, you know, like you said, if you're not attentive to it or you're not sure you know what you're doing, it's not like God just like doing it. They're kind of going against the laws of the universe. So I'm sure they had a lot of trial and error. And that's probably why we see some of the dumb ones or my what I consider dumb, because maybe it's not dumb because I was listening to a, a podcast today and they were talking about like, I forgot the exact subject, but basically they were saying it was a little bit more spiritual level, but they were saying how we're, we're never meant to speak like how we're speaking, that we're more speak with our mind and like, you know, like uh, our, mm -hmm. not our emotions, but our spirits, you know? And I think maybe that's what giants yeah. are doing. You know, they, they have that capability that we don't, or we talk about any cryptid. They have those 
attributes yeah. that we don't have, and that's why we don't understand it. Yeah, I think that giants, the Nephilim, were kind of the first alchemists as far as uh, from a, an occultic evil standpoint, right? I think yeah. Adam was kind of an alchemist as well as far as how he's connected to God. And when I talk about on this show and a million other shows where I talk about the brain capacity of humans and how we don't use as much now, um, it's that alchemical process that we don't use anymore. Like you said, like we don't, we probably weren't using our mouths to speak like that when we're talking to God and all these spiritual beings and even animals back then, because even the Bible talks about animals being able to talk back mm -hmm. in Adam's time. So he was talking to animals. Um, I do agree with you uh, to a point that I think there's probably some dumb Nephilim. I don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> I think it's just inevitable, right? It's in any aspect of yeah. anything. You got smart animals and you got dumb animals too. Human beings are the same way. I just know that there's so many stories in the Bible of these giants that were stupid, intelligent. Og was one of them, which was like ridiculous, man. I mean, he was an Amorite and his bed was like 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide. And they said that he was around 11, 12 feet tall and he was stupid, intelligent and stupid, handsome. So like he could pull any chick he wanted to anywhere he went. And then you got to think this guy's like 12 feet tall you know, we always joke online about how the girl's like, you need to be six feet. You need to be, have this amount of money and all that. He was all that. He literally, like, if the chicks on TikTok saw Og, man, they would be like, oh, my God. Like, I will do anything to get with Og. And, but Og was really smart. But what's funny is, here's where I take what you say and then what I say and mix it. So the problem with the Giants a lot of times these guys in power wasn't intelligence, it was arrogance. They were super arrogant to the point that they believed, hey, my dad's a fallen angel, like nothing can touch yeah. me. And they would go into battle like Og was an idiot. He literally was in a enclave that was untouchable. Like if the Israelites came up to it and wanted to penetrate, they couldn't because it was built into a mountainside. He literally went out with all his dudes and were like, screw that, man, I can take on myself and lost. So a lot of times that's kind of what happens. Like these guys are, that's where their idiocy comes in. It's this mm -hmm. over arrogance that they have. And generally speaking, it goes all the way to Lucifer, this over arrogance that outweighs their intelligence. And you see it happen time and time again, even with these elites, even with these politicians, that over arrogance, they think they can get away with any, everything or do whatever. They end up getting caught, man. It just kind of isn't, it happens. Like they get caught or get killed or something happens, and I kind of think there's a divine hand in that too. But yeah, I do agree with you that, yeah, on the one hand, there probably were definitely some d dumb giants. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think the ones that were very intelligent that were leading these nations, they made dumb decisions because of their arrogance, and they lost. So they lost to regular humans. They Time and time again, they lost to us. And that has a lot to do with how smart we were created to be and how that we actually have God on our side as well. And I think that is ultimately what puts us in a different category than them. They may feel like, and these elites may feel like they're from these bloodlines and they're smarter and they're more. Or, no, I don't know if they're smarter. They're I think let's, let's, angel. uh, I think my argument will be like, I agree with what you're saying. They think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they have such access to all this knowledge that we're not privy to. They think like, Oh, they're, yeah. they're superior than us, which does not make it 
like right. in some senses, but they don't they underestimate us a lot. I think that yeah, like you said, I, I can agree I can Absolutely. agree with that. Some dumbass rock like retarded one. You know what I'm saying? And they got him on the front lines, bro. They're like, listen, he's gonna take out like two hundred. But he's like probably he like down. killer though. We'll like set him he out just, there. Yeah, he just like takes a, but he's kind of nice too. You know, that's probably where some of the lure, because some of these movies in the lure has to, has to mean something, right? I'm sure that people have crossed like dumb yeah. Nephilim that are just killing people because they think they're supposed to. Like there's the ones that are just vicious, like you said, kind of animal instinct-ish, Viking style, just yeah. ferocious. And then some are just like, yeah, I'm killing, but hey, look at the pretty flower. Look at the pretty flower. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. No, no, for sure, man. And you know, to the bloodlines, you know, going into the Rothschilds and the Kazarian Mafia, which the Rothschilds are actually from. They're not really from this Israelite line that they like to say. You know, everybody always talks about, you know, the J word, the Jews. And it's like, bro, it's not the Jews. Like, you guys got to wake up and understand. Oh, we're shut that. down. It's, <laughs> oh, we're shut down, guys. Sorry. You don't even hear what I'm saying right now. But yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, it's really these Kazarian mafias that are behind the scenes. And one of, one of the really cool researchers, and I don't know if you ever heard her, Laura Sanger, Dr. Laura Sanger, uh, she breaks down a lot of this Nephilim host breeding and how that the Rothschilds are from the Kazarian mafia. And because they're of the bloodline, that they're able to host these Nephilim spirits of the dead from the Raphaim, the Rafa in hebrew and that's why they're more capable of taking on these nephilim spirits that can guide them into putting through this nephilim or fallen angel ideology and it tracks you know this u.s dollar and the uh federal reserve all of this nephilim agenda which again modern giants we've got you know uh you know, the big Rothschild, Jacob Rothschild, man. I mean, you see him towering over people, you know what I mean? And he's got that elongated skull, which is really odd when you're looking at a lot of the Rothschilds, man. And that ties into the uh, to the skulls of the Paracas in Peru that were found, which L.A. Marzulli actually did a lot of testing on. And do you know that when they did the preliminary DNA testing on those skulls, because they had red, actually red hair when they found them, the hair was still on the skulls that when they did, there is a strain of DNA that they cannot track. They don't know what yeah. it is. So it's like a, a whole extra piece that's in there. It's kind of like that fourth strand, and, and people think that that fourth strand is fallen angel DNA that's mixed in. And that's where these elongated skulls are coming from. But yeah, man, I think a lot of that stuff's true. I think this is some of your other side of modern giants, not the actual giants, but these bloodlines of these giants that are being pushed you know, to take us out in the spiritual realm as well. It's not just about um, squashing us with their giant feet. Not yet, anyway. Not until yeah. the portals open up and the Nephilim portal babies show up. Well, I kind of think, like, um, you said this before, the flood, like, wiped out a lot of them, and I think there is some hiding out in, like, hollow earth and, like, you know, little underground caves and things of that nature. Not as many portals. as there was. But they are still, uh, uh, they're not as dead. We've proved they have one point there was more of them and not enough of us believing and nurturing our intelligence to be creative and to create things to conquer them at the point. This is just, again, my what I'm coming like just from talking to you and talking to other people, piecing it together that mm -hmm. they've been wiped out. And I think at the, that time, 
they felt like they were untouchable, but they would still lose to us. Oh, yeah. So to me, proves that, you know, like humans are more powerful than people like to say, like we've talked about like aliens and stuff of that nature. But what, what I want to get down to is like people believe in dinosaurs, right? Like I think that there's possibility of dinosaurs, but how come you can believe in dinosaurs? But then you're like, whoa, 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 giant humans kick back, bro. Okay. So we can have like a 30 foot Tyrannosaurus Rex or 20 feet, whatever, but whoa, you're crazy. Isn't that nuts? Like, why is it okay for one? I mean, yeah. and there's evidence that we had maybe because even when I was thinking about the old earth stuff you were talking about, how do I know that we weren't all giants or everything on the earth? Because if you see some of the evidence of some of the trees and some of the things, the oddities of nature, you're like, man, it seemed like there was giant people here at some point. And I don't understand why people yeah. can't connect that. Like, you don't have to believe it, but like, at least if you believe in dinosaurs, it's like the same thing with aliens and angels. It's like, uh, I believe in dinosaurs, but you lost me with giant humans. Like, that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the proof aspect, though, man. Pe people that say that are very, very subjective to what the media gives them and what the government tells them is a fact, right? So if they're taking all these bones and hiding them and they're not showing and they're not actually looking into it because there's so many pictures of bones. I mean, Eli Marzulli, I've got several of his books here at the house that he's got pictures all in him of giant bones, man, that he's actually held in touch. Do you know that he went, he's traveled the world and he actually went to several museums that will bring out these fingers that were like clearly of something that was over 20 feet tall and he's holding it in his hand and he's like, this is real. And they're bringing it out to him because in some of these other countries, they'll allow you to see some of this stuff. If you ask for it, they'll bring it out. And you know, he's a, he's an archeologist. He's, he's a guy that, you know, studies this stuff, he's going to have a little more access probably than the average person too. So they're going to bring it out to him. But yeah, man, I don't think it's, I think it's more far-fetched to say, hey, I believe in dinosaurs and I'm not even given the possibility out there for giants. I just don't even think, especially with so much evidence and so many reputable sources of information out there about giants and the fact that, what was it? The National Geographic Channel or one of those History Channel did a whole like hour and a half documentary on why giants weren't real. And I'm like, if they're going to links to do that, like you're spending all this money to tell us how they're not real. You're definitely trying to cover something up at that point, because there's no other reason for you to do that. If it's not true, why are you wasting time on it? But they've even uh, had specials where they kind of even prove it. Like, you know what I mean? They kind of play both like yeah. angles. There's a lot of evidence, and that's the same reason why I have like a lot of belief into the hollow earth is because when you see different tribes of people, different cultures that have no connection with each other, that do not communicate whatsoever, have never met, and they have similar tales, like we hear all the red hair, red beards, uh, you know what I mean? 12 to 15 right. foot, 20 foot tall. 12 feet wide or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's kind of on right. that same spot. And if you have enough witnesses and they're all saying the same thing and they were not all together, I, that's where I start believing. That's why I believe a lot of the Bigfoot stuff. It's not that like, and I try to think logical in every si single aspect. And I try to bring logic into it. Like how could I logically piece this together in my mind? And the logic piece for me is like, so everybody's lying. No, it's impossible. The, the, right. the probability of that many people lying and getting it wrong is so low. When the stories are so accurate and you can line them up together, that's where I'm saying it's fact. And throughout the years, 
besides just not even like well LA and other people like you know the skulls that are longer there's also a lot and I can't find a lot of these videos anymore a lot of stuff's been wiped from the internet there was and I know some things are doctored you know do, you know Photoshop or whatever but no some of these things there's no I've seen pictures of giant skulls like the skull itself is like five six feet you know what I mean tall and wide yeah I just think it's logically a logical explanation that if there was large lizards and large mammals and large, like gigantic beasts, the the whales that are still today, you know what I mean? The the blue whale or, or not the blue yeah. whale? Is it the blue whale the biggest one? The biggest creature right now on Earth? Man, we don't have Justin with us. I know uh, we'll have to we'll have one. to reconvene next time we talk to Justin. On the, but what I'm saying is, these giant creatures that roam the planet there's no reason why there couldn't be giant blue humans. whale you're right pulled it up blue whale nice look at that he, he we don't need largest. no jamie you know what i'm saying we don't need no fucking jamie <laughs> <laughs> hey jamie if we ever get a shot of rogan we're just kidding Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So, yeah, man, I kind of want to move into what we're talking about, modern giants and actual giants and how that these actual giants that still roam the earth today are tied into some people that you might know, the Samoans. So if anybody knows anything about the Samoans, we were talking about, you know, that height to width ratio. They're in that category. Uh, They play a lot of professional sports, man. Uh, That. The American Samoa Island is like a wellspring of football talent. And we're not talking about just American football, rugby, professional wrestling. 3% of the league in the NFL is actually Samoan. So they've got something going on over there in Samoa. They're, they're super athletic and they're super big, man, like they just are. But you really got to dig into the actual islands around there. And we're talking about there's so many, man, in that area, the Fiji Islands. Um, and we're going to go through a list of them here. But I'm going to talk about one of the first giants 
that's in one of the islands of Samoa on Savai'i. And it's a giant that's in big lore there called Mosa, the Mosa giant. And there is a footprint that is almost four meters long that's on the island. And they actually put flowers around it every year. And it said that with one step, this giant was able to move from Savai'i to one of the Fiji islands, which the closest one is 708 miles away. That's the lure of it. Now, whether that part of it's true or not, the footprint's in volcanic rock, so it's been fossilized. So it's been there forever, man. And this isn't something that they don't talk about on the island. It's, it's literally part of the lure. And there is a mountain range called the Sleeping Giant Mountain that looks like a a giant laying down. And you know how we always hear those stories about these mountains are actually fossilized giants and they build a whole thing around it. There's like a whole garden in front of it. They call it the sleeping giant garden. They do a, it, it, it's a whole tourist attraction, right? And I'm not saying that that's necessarily the giant, but it's very interesting that this is where it starts is in Samoa with this giant called Mosa. And Mosa was a child eating giant. So the parents used to tell the kids, hey, do what we say or we'll feed you to Mosa. Like that was kind of part of the original lore that came down. But if we know anything about these giants, they were cannibals. A lot of them were cannibalistic and they ate people. So that was really interesting, I thought, about that particular uh, giant. And that just starts, you know, just with the Samoa Islands. Fiji's got its own. Um, they uncovered shin bones. That were over three feet long. That only a 12-foot man would have the leg bones that size. So they were finding these bones in caves in the Fiji Islands. You got Australia, which is right there. It's all, all this stuff's like right in that area. If anybody knows anything about these uh, Pacific Islands, they're all right there. You yeah, got Tonga, Hawaii, Samoa, Australia, yeah. Islands, all of it, yeah. So this uh, archaeologist Rex Gilroy discovered giant footprints in Australia. He found hand axes, clubs, pounders, knives, and stone tools so huge that only giants with extra large, large hands and strength could have even picked them up. And he said they had to be around the 10, 12-foot range for them to even use it. And the aboriginal legends tell of giants living there when they arrived. Like, when they got there, they were like giant animals walking around the country and the ground would shake when they walked and it would scare the shit out of these people because they ate people too. So again, back to here's another legend from another Pacific Island of these giants that eat people. You got the Cook Islands, man. There was well, a let giant me back, Let Moke. me stop you for one second because you're yeah. talking about the cannibalism and there's lure because I grew up mm -hmm. around a lot of Samoans and Tongans. Tongans and Samoans don't get along because Tonga enslaved yeah. the Samoans and they were allegedly eating the Samoans. Cannibalism. And that's a lot of the lure that goes Makes with sense. giants. So were some of these giants in control at those times? Uh, it makes sense, man, because I'm telling you right now, like we, the more we dig into this, uh, talking about the Cook Islands, a giant named Moak. He was supposedly the largest giant of the South Pacific. Bro, he was no less than 20 meters tall. 
(laughs) (laughs) And he had another giant that was Tiu, and he was 10 meters tall. So these were two giants that this particular grouping of islands knew about. And again, people just kind of stayed out of their way, man. It was like, hey, you know what? We're not really going to deal with you because we know we'll, you know, you will eat us. Uh, and it was part of lore of all of these islands. And listen, not all of these people knew each other either between these islands. It wasn't like they all left these islands and met other people in other islands, man. It was just these giants. And you're going to find out as I go through this why that these giants are part of this because there was tunneling systems and cave systems that were underneath the earth that connected a lot of these islands that even the people didn't know about that these giants knew about. And I think this goes into what you like to talk about with Hollow Earth and where these giants may have gone before the flood, you know, all through history where, where they've learned to adapt and learn to grow, you know, their communities under these under the earth. No, yeah, I totally agree that that's so plausible. And plus, when you're talking about islands, to your point, um, especially the further you go back in history, the less, the least contact you have with other people. And you're not surrounded by anything. It's not like you could just build a boat and just go, hey, let me go check out this new place. You're not even thinking of that because you're surrounded by nothing but water. It's not like being in the Americas or any yeah. of these continents where you could just travel and find something else. You're stuck. You're on that island. And if there's a giant that's telling you, yeah, you better do this or I'm going to eat you. You're like, oh, I better do that. Like it's, you don't know any other existence. You don't even know that anything else is around you because you're surrounded by nothing but water. Absolutely, man. And listen, Hawaii's not out of the uh, equation either. You know, they're part of these specific islands. There have been so many skeletons of giants found in cave systems in Hawaii, man, getting shipped right off the Smithsonian. <laughs> like, people have found them, and they give them to, over to the government, man, and they're gone instantly, man. Micronesia. There's a whole lore about this giant, Ruathoel, and he was, check this out now, half human, half giant. So apparently some giant got with a human, which we know that happens throughout history. He was a little more diluted side. So maybe he was around like the eight, nine feet tall. And he was just beating people up at skills. So it wasn't even like he was just eating them or beating them up. He was just so much better than everybody else. And people hated him to the point that they basically sent witch doctors to uh, put spells on him while he slept. And uh, he ended up kicking himself out, man, tearing him up. So they <laughs> ended up not even getting him anyway, and he ran away because he's like, well, they're all going to kill me. At least he was one of the smart giants, right? He was like, man, these people don't really like me here. Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, but because enough of us, just like anything, like, you know, some people think, oh, I could take on so many people. If 40 dudes that are 100 pounds jump on you, that's for what 40,000 or 4,000 pounds, whatever. Yeah. You're not going to be able to withstand that much. You're done, man. You're done, man. But I do want to cruise this into probably the absolutely most interesting of the Pacific islands and where some of the absolute craziest lore comes from. And we're going to talk about giants that exist today that are in contact with people today with the aboriginals of this place is the Solomon islands. And the Solomon Islands consist of about a thousand islands. It's a sovereign state of Oceania, east of Papua New Guinea. 
So we're talking thousands, man, thousands of islands in this area. But what's really crazy is there have been so many eyewitness accounts throughout history of giants that it's not even a thing. They say if you travel over to the Solomon Islands and talk to people there, they'll be like, yeah, we just saw one yesterday. Or, yeah, uh, my grandmother knows this story about giants when she grew up. Or here's all this lore, too, because there's lore all the way down about these different giants. And they say that there's three types of giants. Now, this is really interesting to me, man, about this first type. Uh, they're over 10 foot tall, and, and there's different versions of the giants that are here, but there's specifically like three types. So there's a pretty tall type, they say over 10 feet, that is very hairy. And when you see drawings of it or any kind of depiction, they look very Bigfoot-like. But they are said to be with less hair, too, at times. So it just depends on what you run into, right? But then they say there's giants that are in the 20, 25 feet range still around that aren't built like that either. So you've got this particular type. They say there's a smaller type, too, that's more in like the eight, nine foot range. And then you got one more in like the seven foot range, too. Uh, they say the uh, eight to nine foot range one's more like a wild man, more like your what you would consider like a Tarzan, like mm -hmm. running through the jungles and acting a fool. And maybe that's where we get some of these stories of like the Tarzans and, and some of that stuff from. These They call them wild men. And they're big, tall, fast, but they're just not, you know, super intelligent. And I think as you get into some of this lore, you'll see that there are some that are not very intelligent at all. And then there's some that are, really intelligent too man so it, it's very interesting and there's several stories uh you got there's a mining story about europeans like centuries ago the uh because uh the guadalcanal is like full of gold and the europeans discovered this so like this and this is check this out man this is in 1998 so this is how not that far or, or that long ago this was. There's this place called the Gold Ridge. It was Central North Guadalcanal, and there's this mine being built. And these bulldozers were pushing roads and clearing this mine area. And they, one of the bulldozers broke down. So it was late in the afternoon, and they dropped the blade there. And they took the bulldozer back to the workshop to do repairs overnight. So when they came back, the blade was gone. And they were like, how? And you, we're talking massive yeah. blades, bro. There's, you can't move this stuff, man. And they were wondering how it vanished. And you got to think, man, these blades were like 10 tons. And they went scouting around and they noticed giant footprints in a three foot length close by where the blade had been left. And then 100 meters away, on the side of a hill was the blade. And it was like something had picked it up and chunked it. They said it wasn't like they moved it because the footprints didn't move with it. It was like something went over there, just picked it up and was like, get this out of here and threw it at this hill that far away. And it was stuck in the side of a hill, man. Crazy. And you got to think that the size of things are true as well, because we have some more evidence of like, Fossilized mm -hmm. giant turtles, fossilized giant uh, alligators, yes. fossilized other giant creatures. That tells me that these are factual because 
there is some things that are found. There was like some giants in like India that were found that people are like, oh, no, that was just, uh, that wasn't that. I, there's tons of bones and fossilized. I wonder how many fossilized giants are really in the Smithsonian. What do they really have? Like, are some of the bones we see for the T-Rexes bones from giants? You know what I mean? We don't know. We're just speculating that it's not because we have to go off of what someone's telling us. Right. Dude, and this is where we start taking a turn in these Solomon Islands and these giants, and this is where you were talking about, hey, are all giants bad, right? That's what we always hear, and I always go to uh, the Book of Giants uh, where Mahawe went to Enoch, and Enoch came to him and said, hey, I know you're having these dreams. This is what they mean, but you know, God's giving you an opportunity to repent and you know do good, which they chose not to do, but he gave him an opportunity. So I've always questioned, are there giants that decide that they want to do the right thing? Do you know all through the Solomon Islands, man, they talk about good giants. And that's the mm -hmm. really interesting thing to this day, that there are giants that they have interactions with. And here's a really cool story, man. This guy's a helicopter pilot. Um, and this was in, I want to say the 90s, man. And this is back in the gold mines. You know, man, they're always gold mining over there in the Solomon Islands. And the, again, there was a, uh, oh, what was it? Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, sorry. I'm back. Okay. There was this bulldozer, and it had basically carved out a road because of the rain and it had slipped off the edge and it was all bogged down. So, you know, all these guys are trying to lift this bulldozer back up. They can't get it up. They don't have the equipment to do it. You know, 30 odd men are out there trying to do this. And when they walk away and they kind of came back, there were two giants standing in front of the vehicle and the other behind. So some of them ran away. So the helicopter pilot said he was one of them. He was like, what? Yeah. Like, no, man, I'm out of here. He ends up coming back after like a half hour. And some of the guys set, stayed. Do you know that the Giants literally picked it up, went down there, picked it up, put it back on the road, and basically like, all right, man, we're out of here. And the footprints that were left there were like, had matched uh, the size of something that would be 15 feet tall. So they said these giants were 15 feet tall, walked up on these guys having problems, and they were like, oh, you can't pick this up here. Let me get down here. And they both picked up this bulldozer and left. And like I said, when the guys came back, they saw the footprints in the mud down below, and they were like, man, this is insane, man. These footprints were like four feet long, like just insane, man. And they said they were 15 feet tall. So I thought that was pretty cool because we always hear about the bad stories about giants like eating people and tearing them up. Uh, but that's not necessarily the case, man, because there's a lot of really interesting stories um, about giants in the uh, Solomon Islands that are very helpful. And I found uh, a lot of lure of different indigenous tribes. It kind of reminds me of those because there are some tribes, as you hear, nothing but peaceful people and, you know, trying to innovate. And then there's like other tribes like Comanches yeah. that are like vicious that will kill anything that's in sight. I just have always felt, too, there has to be more of these like tribes of let's say more empathetic 
giants. You know what I mean? Like, they actually have, like, yeah. a thought process of they're part of this earth. And why wouldn't God contact if he knows that fallen angels created something to destroy his creation? Why would he not try to, like, you know, pretty much hack it? You know what I mean? He's going to, it's like a hacker, man. He's going to hack into it. Absolutely, He's going to get them to man. do what he thinks is right. And then there's going to be good ones. Just like uh, if you breed, they say if you keep breeding wolves together, the meanest wolves, you keep breeding meanest wolves, meanest wolves, you're going to get some of the craziest wolves yes. you ever see. But if you breed a couple like docile ones, they say within a generation or two, they're yeah. pretty much like a pet. Absolutely, man. And I want to kind of like tail this off with an awesome story about a really cool giant, giant that they say still alive today. He's the chief of giants in all of the Solomon Islands. And he's actually a good giant. And it's a very interesting story. His name's Lutty McCode. They call him the chief of giants. Uh, he was apparently born in the late 1800s. And he was born to a family of giants that lived inside a, the tropical rainforest there. So we all know about the rainforest there. So the whole story is his grandmother loved smoking tobacco. And her whole thing was, I got this from the white man, because you got to understand these like Europeans were coming over to these islands, man. They were taking a lot of the people there in the slave trade. But not only that, they were coming there to, you know, check out all of the uh, wares, right? You well, know, and take all, over all land because the they could get to bring there's back. a couple of islands over there, too, where like you've had like mm -hmm. uh, the British come over and they've made everybody leave the island because they want to use it as a strategical point for military purposes. Right. Well, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So uh, the Kanakas were who was in that particular area and the giants ate them. They looked at them. They actually said that they looked at them as pigs. They didn't look at them as being human. They kind of spoke a similar dialect, but they, just ate them. That's just what giants did. They were cannibals. They ate these people. They looked at them as just, hey, man, this is like a cow out there. Let me go get some meat and bring it home to my family. Well, Lutti's grandmother was smoking a pipe, broke it one day, so she doesn't have a pipe anymore. And so she's really sad. And Lutti, who is about six feet tall, but he's 10 years old at six feet tall, is like, you know, maybe I can go get you, you know, a new pipe. So they end up cutting his hair because his hair's super long and he looks very giant-like. And they're kind of grotesque a little bit in, in certain ways. So they don't look like the Kanaka. So they cut his hair. They put him in some clothes that make him look like he's one of the Kanakas. So he goes up to these Europeans. He can't really speak their language, obviously. So he's talking to them. And they look at him and they're like, man, this kid is strong. Like, we could sell him on the open market for sure. So they lure him onto the boat. He thinks he's going to come there and get a pipe. They trap him. They throw him in the cage. He's in there with the other Kanakas. The Kanakas are freaking out. They know he's a giant. Like, they know he's a giant kid. And these giants eat them. So he's in a cage with all these other Kanakas. So no, they don't want to mess with him. The Europeans are like, well, we're just trying to sell him. So they get to New Zealand. And they put him on the market. Nobody wants to buy him because he's just very like grotesque. And they don't know he's a giant. They just think he's just like some ugly Kanaka is what they're saying. Well, this old man who doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have anybody to work on his farm, he and his wife, and they're about to lose the farm. He buys it. He, get, he, he gets him to the farm and he ends up being really cool with 
uh, with Luddy. And he and Lutty hit it off, and Lutty's wife, who couldn't have kids, ends up kind of treating him like a kid. They feed him really well. And Lutty's just trying to figure stuff out. He can't speak their language, so he just kind of sees what they're doing. And there's one point where they talk about the horses or the animals that they use to plow. He actually literally takes the plow and puts it around his own neck, and he's like, I can do this better than them because he's so strong. He's got like superhuman strength. So Lutty's master goes to one of the neighboring plantations and, and brings him with him. And this guy has a bunch of Kanakas and they all freak out when they see Lutty. So they won't mess with him either. And finally, he, they figure out that Lutty is part of this giant race. And some of the Kanakas end up getting really cool with them. And this is when Lutty starts figuring out like, hey, these Kanakas are not what my people always told me they were. They're actually really smart. And they start teaching him their language. He starts learning. Well, he, he lives there for about two years. So he's probably about 12 years old at this point. And he tells his master through one of the interpreters, the Kanakas, that he's from these islands. And he came to, the only reason he wanted to come was to get this pipe. So his master wants to pay him money. Because they're not really treating him like a slave, right? They're giving him money. They're doing all this stuff. And he doesn't want money. He just wants pipes. So he's just really racking up all these pipes. So finally, he's like, look, he's really sad. He really wants to go back. So his master's trying to figure out a way for him to do that. So there's this boxing tournament that comes in town. All this stuff's verified, by the way. You go to New Zealand and talk to any of these people. They talk about this like it's nothing. You go to the Solomon Islands. They also talk about this verbatim, which is crazy when you think about how far away they are from each other. And all these people talking about this story. So what he ends up doing does, uh, his master goes down, talks to the guy that's running this tent where all these boxing fights are at. And he's like, hey, man, I got this Kanaka. Can he fight? Because they won't let him in because they're super racist. They're like, no, nah, we're not letting this Kanaka in. He's like, yeah, we'll let him fight. They think he's going to get like tore up. So everybody's laughing when he goes up there. He fights this like big German dude comes up there. He hits, he hits him in the face, lucky twice, doesn't shake him. Dude, Luddy hits him so hard. And this is, again, verifiable by both sects of people. He hits him so hard, dude, his fist goes through his chest. Through oh, his chest. Like, caves in and kills him with Damn. one hit. So the police come. And again, it's like this is, like, we're talking, like, early 1900s, man. We're not talking about that long ago. The yeah. police come. They talk to the, to the guy that runs it. And the guy that runs it's like, look, man, it's all in the up and up. Like, this is, if somebody dies in here, they die in here. They sign up for it. He's like, you know, I got to pay the guy. So he pays this guy tons of money because the guy put his whole life savings on Luddy. Because he's like, man, I know what this kid can do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. he gets, like, paid out huge, <laughs> bro, huge payout. They go back home. He tells his wife, because he hid it from his wife. He didn't want his wife to know about this. He hid it from her, tells her about it. He's like, listen, I got the money. We're good now. We could, you know, we're fine. We're going to let him go. We're going to get him a, a, a boat ride back. He ends up actually going over to his buddy's house, buys one of his Tanaka slaves that can help speak uh, the language for Lutti. So they travel together. They get all the way back there. So he ends up getting all the way back. And he's got hundreds of pipes. He brings like hundreds of pipes back to his family. Here's the best part. While he gets back, 
all these giant wars on the islands have started like spouting up because all these giant tribes are fighting each other at this point. And they're still like killing all these Tanaka. Well, Lutti ends up becoming one of the biggest, strongest giants on the entire island. And he ends up brokering a deal with the Tanakas because he's got such a cool place for them in his heart now. And he's like, listen, they're not cattle. They're not meat. So he ends up winning this giant war that's going on and ends up being the, the chief giant of all the islands. And he makes a decree that no giant can kill any human being again on the islands. So he actually brokers a deal with them. Gets even better, dude. You can go to the islands to this day. There are people that have pipes that he gave them personally to the villages and said, hey, this is a symbol of peace that we're not going to touch you. We'll all live in peace together. Wild, bro. Oh, for sure. And, and it makes sense to me because that's how human nature works. Like somebody has to stop. Like, hey, if you're treated right by somebody, you're not going to want to attack them anymore. If forever you think of them right. as like they're criminals or they're bad people, name the race, name the religion, name the culture. If you think of them and you've only seen this and then now you've only heard people tell you that. And now you actually experience and talking to these other right. creatures, it gives you uh, that empathy, that love. And, and that, that's a great story. And I think that there probably is a lot more lure if we dig more of not just lure, but actual things we could find of good giants protecting people because throughout the uh, history of the world, because I don't think that it all is bad. Like we were talking about with uh, Phil uh, from Exploring with Phil about like, you know, Pugwudgies being yeah. like, you know, there's probably an evil sector in a good sector because everything has that duality. I think duality is just the laws of the universe. So if there's something evil, there's something good. Something has to match it at some point because I think if it doesn't, then that's, they would overrange the earth. There's even like a lot of things that talk about with giants fighting along with humans against other giant tribes. You know what I mean? And yeah. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree with that, man. You know, to that point about Luddy, man, McCode, this happened in 2000, man. This is how long this giant's been living. And we don't know if he's still alive, but he's been living a long, long time. Do you know that this, this is so wild, man. This is like those pieces of information where you're like, this is crazy. So there was a bishop of Solomon Island's uh, Anglican church met with Luddy in a garden to discuss the ethnic war that was going on in the Solomon Islands. And this was between like, humans not giants right they, mm -hmm. they already had peace with the giants but he met with luddy to get advice about what they should do and luddy basically told him hey you should just retreat to the vi village gets better bro it was on the freaking radio on solomon islands broadcasting corporation that the bishop was meeting with luddy in 2000 to talk it out. That's how yeah. well-known this giant is, and the tribes are on these islands to where the radio stations are actively talking about giants like it's nothing. Like, that's how, like, there's, you got to think there's a thousand islands. So if, like, stuff's going on these islands, I mean, the rest of the world's not hearing about this. But the fact that you go there, God, I want to go there now, bro. Like, I've been, yeah. I've been digging into the Solomon Island stuff. I'm like, bro, I just want to go. If there's, like, some cool, chill giants, man, I'm all down for that. But do you think that, like, the other giants... <laughs> 
were like thinking Lud Lud is like Luddy is uh, uh like all woke. They're like, this was all woke. Wants us to be vegan, not eating humans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the best part though? Like he was a freaking warrior, bro. And that dude was like, they say like the tw- like he ended up being like in the twenty to twenty five foot range. He was actually ended up being the biggest of the giants. So when he got to the point, he was just like, "Yo, I'll go hand to hand combat with you guys." Like if you're not listening, yeah, so you, like he yeah, basically how do you take was this? like, "Hey, yeah. this is." How you want to take this? <laughs> no, I think that's because you're right. All we really hear about is vicious, cannibal, uh, cannibalistic, um, co- almost yeah. like war dogs. You know what I mean? Or that arrogant, yeah. like I rule the world. I know more than you. I have more knowledge. Kind of giants. You don't hear a lot, and I think that's intentional too because it's the same thing. You don't want the giants if they're how many are left we don't know how many there would be left in the world they do not want us to right. unite with us because then the fallen is right. that gives us more ammunition and they, they they're trying to attack us at all points and i just believe that anything the fallen would create can be taken over by god because obviously god created the fallen so he could take yeah. over anything just like he could take over anything we create you know what i mean like a evil person or someone that does yeah, bad man. can find themselves or like say they went down the wrong path even until their 30s 40s 50s 60s if they find that redemption i i just feel like i like you said that i think a while ago and i do agree with that like there's all if you search for it there's a road to redemption and why not the same thing with some of these nephilim but don't get it twisted i think there's some also some crazy vicious like you know what i mean bro Absolutely. And I think you're going to hear more of that than you're actually going to hear of the good stuff. Cause I do think that because of their fathers and I don't even dare say mothers too, man, because there's been a lot of tales about sirens and, and these fallen angels, you know, taking female form and getting with males and having children that way too. So you got to look at that aspect. But uh, yeah, I think that you're going to see probably more of the bad there. Um, because you're kind of born into an evil world, right? But I think you make your own decisions. And I think maybe like a guy like Luddy or some of these other giants that we hear about that are connecting to people or are not going down that path. And interestingly enough, in the Solomon Islands, man, UFOs are rampant mm-hmm. in the Solomon Islands. Reptilians are rampant in the Solomon Islands. We're talking about massive tunnel systems that all these crazy light shows come out of. Ships are seen all the time, which generally speaking, man, if we're talking about Bigfoot, and we're talking about Nephilim, all that stuff's intertwined, right? You're going to have these government facilities, everything else going on in these areas. So I am sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that the governments in high up places around the world know of the Solomon Islands and Definitely. are absolutely connected to some of these, the, some of these tribes for sure. Well, I think the Nephilim, uh, uh, the whole lure and uh, stories of Nephilim, I think that's the basis of all these super soldier programs, man, that, that has to be, you Absolutely. have to have a blueprint and that's the blueprint. And why do we have so many giants throughout history and movies? And we always talk about how movies play a part of like, and it's not even just that they're always soft disclosure or they're hitting something. It's because there's a reason everybody was talking about giants. Cause there was giants. Like the reason why there's a book yes. from this tribe or these Brits or these Spaniards or now the debate to me is not if there was giants or not. It's how tall were they? That's the only debate. If you ask me, right. like, and I can go either or 
Because I, I, I do see the whole, like, yeah, 20 feet. That that seems reasonable to me. The 40 feet seems crazy. But then I'm like, well, I don't know how ancient Earth was. We don't know when these, these yeah. 40, 50 feet, they could have only been in the beginning of ancient Earth or be, right before Noah's flood. And then after that, there was none. So maybe that's why we don't see a lot of remnants of right. that. So it's not out of yeah, the realm I of possibility. that's where you're going to see that, too. Right. I, I totally agree with that, man. Also, you know, I, I do think of other realms and other dimensions and i think a lot of these nephilim that maybe some of the bigger ones have moved off like they're not here on this earth anymore i think before the flood i think that's where a lot of them went i think some of them came back for sure because they did reappear again um i do think definitely hollow earth or under earth is definitely another possibility where some of them went and hid too i mean there's been some speculation bro that some of them were hanging on to the ark because they're big enough, they were hanging on the ark until like land appeared and they kind of ran off. So that's always a funny story too, man. I don't know how true that is, but you know, there's always some interesting uh, questions about how giants came back. And some people think that fallen angels may have had another incursion, which I don't doubt. I think fallen angels are doing that now. I think the loophole and to go to uh, my portal baby theory, I think the loophole that they're doing is they're not doing it on earth. I think that's how, how they're getting away from having to go into the pit, like the other angels that crossed over. I think they're taking humans, it, these grays, these, whatever you want to say the grays are, whether they're demonic entities, meat sacks or robotic, whatever they are, they're taking women to these fallen angels in a place that's not on earth to have this incursion, to build this army that they're going to use in the future. So again, I think, I think that Nephilim can procreate with each other too. So you got that going on. But I also think that fallen angels are for sure uh, building something, maybe in another realm that we don't know about. Well, we know that after 9-11, we went into Afghanistan and Iraq. A lot of stuff talked yes. about Stargates. A lot of stuff about, I mean, those are the holy lands. <clears throat> There's even a lot of talk of fallen angels being under the earth right there in prisons. Like in, in different, like... Euphrates River, man. Mm -hmm. So not only... Not only and, and you man, you man, you hit it right on the head when you said after 9-11, there has been a lot of chatter that the reason why we wanted to go over there wasn't the oil. It wasn't that. It was actually to bring on what these elites want to bring on. And some of it was to bring about Gilgamesh. That was where all these all this stuff started coming out about Gilgamesh and his tomb being found under the Euphrates, which they said he was buried there too. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it, man. What was it? The, uh, the, um, Hillary Clinton had the whole email requesting documents pertaining to the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh, the location of his body and the location of the buried Nephilim. Like we know that's a fact, bro. That, that came out in WikiLeaks. We know it came right out of her emails. We don't know who it went to. And we really, we just saw when it was open. We don't know when she sent it. So we have no idea what that means. And what are they talking about? A resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh in the Euphrates. That's also tied into these Nephilim again, man. Like these elites, that is where you're going to find your tie is with these fallen angels and Nephilim, man. It's time and time again. You see it all over the place. Yeah, I totally agree. And then like you see how much the world has gotten weirder after 9-11. And, you know, we talk about CERN all the time, but it could be more of this Stargates and messing around with things over there that has really changed the time lapse of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I totally believe in Stargates, man, and Portaling. I mean, they used to, they said the Raphaim understood a certain alchemy from their fathers and mothers that they, with certain incantations, could move 
in and out of portals at will throughout the earth. And I think maybe that's where you're seeing some of this. Maybe that's what they're doing on these islands too, not just these tunneling systems. Maybe they understand these stargates or these portals. That or, but what if this stargate island, this stargate in Iraq, right? Like if it's like the, the main hub, right? You know how like you have your circuit board yeah. and you, if you, you have to like generate the first piece, maybe they were shut off for a while. And it seems like that started them back up. That that had made it. I don't disagree, man. I'm not for yeah, sure, but it just makes me that. think about yeah. it a lot because now that we were talking about like, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq, and now that we can go look back in hindsight and see the things that went wrong afterwards and how much, you know, everybody's like, oh, CERN changed this timeline in 2012. Well, I don't know if it didn't happen in 2002 when we went to Iraq with all the Stargates. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel you, man. And even to the giant of Kandahar, man, uh, one thing that's left out about that story a lot of times was that when the soldiers were brought up there, do you know that they were training for like two to three weeks and they were taught to shoot up? And they didn't know why that they were pointing the muzzles of their guns up this whole time during training. Because so training is to hit you in the body. them knew. Yep. Yeah. Because well, like you're usually clearly trained the for the body because it's the, the body is the biggest uh, uh, target. Like cops, every military, right. they're trained to hit the body first because you're going to hit the body because it's a bigger target. And then you go for the head because now you are closer, most likely, and an easier shot. They were saying, just shoot up, which was completely different shoot than anybody's and they ever were trained. Training to shoot. Right, and they were telling them to shoot up around 10 feet. So they were practicing to shoot really up. So clearly the guys in power above them knew what they were going in there for. So I do think, man, that uh, an undercover reason of why we went over there after 9-11 was the occult. I think there was a huge part of it that was occultic, and it was tied in with the Nephilim and fallen angels. I think that's a lot to do with 9-11. Oh, 100%. And, I mean, that's a, a sacrifice. And you had the biggest sacrifice on the planet for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> And you know what? If you don't believe that, well, I don't care. <laughs> no I, I i totally subscribe to that and the more you really think about it and giants i just think it's the only thing before we like tail off I, my last thought is again i'm gonna go back to what i said earlier but how can you believe in dinosaurs but then think it's so far-fetched that there could be giants it doesn't make any sense to me like it kind of goes hand in hand and we don't even know what dinosaurs are, man. We've got some bones that really we have never seen many of the bones ourselves. They're, in, they're behind the Smithsonian. We don't know what they were. We're, like, we're not even allowed to see any kind of DNA testing on them. We're only told what we're told about them too, man. So it could be very much that they're in the same category as something that was also created by fallen angels as well. We don't know. It could have a very, it could have similar DNA to the giants. We don't know. So what I'm thinking is, you know, if people get their tickets for October 6th, 7th, and 8th, they may see Justin versus Joel. If I might just throw it out there, the whole dinosaur thing when we're, <laughs> when we're going live. And Justin <laughs> is going to, his head's going to explode. And it will be, but in for fun, man. It'll be a good thing, man. It's all for entertainment. <laughs> It'll definitely be a good thing. And yeah, before we get out of here, we do want to tell everybody, Get your tickets now for the Fordian Airwaves Super Podcaster Conference, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. It's in the show notes. Get tickets now. 
there's only 200 available to pack out the event. Um, all of your lodgings and everything, all the information's in there. All you got to do is click on the link. It'll take you right there. Make sure you guys do that. We can't wait to see everybody there, as many people as possible, because Sean and I are going to have a very special presentation just for that. It's going to be visual. We'll have all kind of stuff, cool stuff going on, and you'll get to meet us for three days. We'll be part of like these podcaster panels where you can ask us a bunch of questions to merchandise galore. So y'all come out and see us and an exclusive show that you will not get anywhere else. You won't get on a podcast feed. You won't get on YouTube. You won't get it on Instagram or any other social media site. You will have to be there. And unless you record it, then I'll be like, ah, oh, man, bootlegged it, man. Some guy's going to bootleg it. I'd bootleg it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget, you can also Go buy your tickets by going to killthemockingbirds.com on the homepage and click. It will take you to the link tree that has the hotel information, the information to get the tickets to set your whole trip up. And, you know, you got enough time right now. we got, what, three, four months before you could set up your hotel. It's in 8, Ohio. Going to be a great time. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram, Kill the Mockingbirds podcast. Sean Chris Music on Instagram. Vantessa Music on Instagram. And go to all the music streaming platforms. Sean Chris, Joel Thomas. You can find us easy. I think we're going to go out good today. I think we should go about what we've been going out with because it's summertime still, woke summer. Yeah, man. But before we do that, uh, I just want to say that all this talk about Giants is letting me know my next angle with Jen Saki. I got a giant heart, the biggest heart on the planet. And with the Nephilim blood pumping through it, she's got to know that I'm the one for her. And to let her know that, in the show notes, go to Bring Back Saki Bomb. I want to see that go up over 100 signatures. I know you guys can help out with that. Save the gingers. Hashtag save the gingers. And you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brat! Brat! Bird killers! I'm taping my dick and my balls to my leg. I'm taking these water balloons and I'm stuffing my bra. Just on my wig, bikini Chanel. I joined the women's beach volleyball league. I'm spiking the ball so hard the concussion, so I'm hitting the heads. It's only technique. One shot, two shot, three shot, four. Five shot, six shot, seven shot, more. I love me some Kamala. She is phenomenal, proving that anything's possible. From side chick to Montel, she must be a monitor the way that she works. To get to the top of the capital Almost forgot about Brandon Still st- stuttering all of his speeches Cube the clap track Green screen some more people Rachel Levine sat clapped Everybody worked up about yes. Elon Buying Twitter like he gon' save us Left and right squabbling while he got chips For your heads calling him courageous No way, no. I answered and no one Start calling me NATO Digital cheese on the way though Get you a bowl of Alfredo It's a woke summer I need another booster Patrice Colors
For the COVID hoes on Tinder Turn a nuclear summer Into a COVID winter These are moments to remember As I puffin' on my ember Moderna and Pfizer Time to go on a bender Don't assume my gender Purple bangs just a black Non-binary doctor Betty Cocker Fighting all meth monsters Mild carditis playing soccer Loud Schwab store and home warm blocker Kick rocks, slap ass at the Oscar Yellow and blue emoji It's a woke summer I need another booster Before I hit the beach BLM on my koozie Coming in some stove Beyond me looking juicy Checking on your privilege, they them drop your booty. It's a woke summer, I need another booster. Let's party in a mansion, let's call Patrice Colors. Virtue signal every damn flag but my own. Cause we're all so oppressed, let me tweet it on my phone. Had a couple kids with Alexa and Siri. NPC sincerely. have a common what they spoil rotten don't egg them on it's a problem walk around the shells when you carry that cotton this life is 26.2 when you throw medusa who you point to newfound thinker i'm an nft but the caveat is you can't purchase me small contract got contingencies i'm solid with solidity all the vpn still collect data metaverse is an embedded from a trap house to a blockchain yeah it's all the same thing The dust with the chicken, it's all just a vision. Let's hide it with lunch. How many of us is in a quandary? How many? I'm just one. Let's glance at the stars. One way ticket to Mars. Who's the subject for the cars? We gotta do it for cars. They a sneaky little fox. But I'm Jamie, give them bars. Sit a sit up by the law. I keep it 300 in my thigh. Of course, I'm boosted both ways. I'm riding my horse. Butter to the ones of remorse. I picked a degree and still have some worth. Knowledging free and I'm not the first to pay. Gas isn't bad and puts us at worst. I'm starting to see you guys ain't way. V, you just wanna make things worse. How dare you? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 